Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. And we've got a great show for you tonight. Major League playoffs have started. NHL season starts. And there seems to be some confusion over what unnecessary roughness is when you're hitting the quarterback. But we begin today's show with the collapse of the Mets. Mm. These teams, after winning over 100 games and being in the driver's seat for most of the year, the Mets were sent home after losing two out of three to the San Diego Fathers at home. Uh, the Braves and the Phillies are still in the playoffs. The Braves have locked up the majority of their team for the next five years. The Phillies seem to have a new manager, and all of a sudden they can play baseball because they beat the Braves last night. Uh, what do the Mets need to do to be in the hunt next year? Z. Uh, first, let's, let's close the book on the 2022 season for the Mets. As should, we get, should, should we get Timmy Trumpet to come out and play? <laughs> but there is some good in as disappointing of an end as it was. You know, Lindor had a bounce back year. Alonzo had a good year. McNeil won a batting title. Edwin Diaz established himself as one of the elite closers in baseball. You had some flashes. Got off hot. Right? Got off to a hot start. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it really underscores what happened at the trade deadline or what didn't happen at the trade deadline. You brought in Vogel back, one dimensional player. You brought a one dimensional player, right? That guy. You brought in Darren Ruff, a one dimensional player. These moves ultimately did not do you any favors. Because they couldn't hit the broad side of a ball. <laughs> you brought in Tyler Naquin. They left Naquin off the roster. <laughs> as good as Naquin was for a while, he fizzled out. Marte, bad timing, bad luck with the finger injury. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt. You got him locked up. Marte, he's going to be the engine. You saw what happened when you took Marte out of the lineup. The entire offense changed. They went from grinding out at bats and contact to now we're swinging for the fences because we're scared shitless. So there's something to that. Mark Hanna, good player, not an everyday player. Like, you move him around, you move him around, but he'll get you 260, 270. You need more than that. You're going to need more than that. Because you have to make up for the fact that James McCann ain't doing shit. They got absolutely dick out of their catching position offensively. To the point where you have fans clamoring for Francisco Alvarez, who have start, has started all of one major league game. Maybe two. 
you want him starting over McCann, starting over Nita. That seems a little rash to me. That seems a little rash to me. There's elements of good here. You need to put emotion aside and figure out what the good is because now you have the work to do, right? In the three-game series against the Padres, who came to play? The Padres came to play. Credit to the Padres, right? 7-3 victory for the Mets and then 6-0, one-hit shutout by Greasy Joe in the game clinch, in the series clinch. (laughs) That one hit was by Pete Alonso. This team is going to lose three-fifths of the starting rotation. Maybe four-fifths. Maybe 80% of the starting rotation. They're free agents. Lugo's a free agent. Diaz is a free agent. Nimmo's a free agent. You need to prioritize some bats. Nimmo needs to come back. He's proven himself to be a player. You need to upgrade the outfield a little bit. Can is good. Can't be your everyday player. You need to come up with some kind of catch, something out of the catcher position. If it's Alvarez, great. Like, give him a shot. Then you better make sure that Nito's behind the plate as your defensive replacement. Your bench completely needs to be revamped. If you're going to bring back Vogel back, that's fine. But they can't all be one-dimensional the way it was. As far as the, the starting rotation and the bullpen. The bullpen, the ball was dropped by Billy Epler at the trade deadline. They needed a lefty. They didn't get a lefty. They needed another reliever. They didn't get another reliever. As all, you know, we're going to talk about the Yankees and what they did. Yes, all of their moves are blowing up in their face, but they made moves. They did some things. The Mets sat on their hands because they didn't want to give up the prospects. And I understand that. But you're on a win-now trajectory. You got to make a calculated risk. This is not Brody Van Wagen. Those teams were not ready. As presently constituted, this team could have made noise with the right additions. And it was not there. Spinning it forward, DeGrom, if it's a team-friendly deal, lock him up. Team-friendly. Three to five years in that 150 to $200 million range. That's fine. I would live with that. Bassett, bring him t- team-friendly deal. He's not a number three. He's not a number three. He looked sick. He looked shook in that game. But the biggest thing, you know, Walker should have been in... Walker was nowhere to be found. Carrasco, nowhere to be found. They were on the roster. They should have been in the game at some point when Scherzer got rocked. That, you know, Mr. 40 million, that's the game. The Braves game and game one. Those are the games you got him for. Not the games in May against the Pirates. And he shit the bed twice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, to sum up the Mets season, my response to that would be, their cool, their closer had a cool entrance. Oh, stop! There was more. <laughs> that than would be that that's would bullshit. Be the way know. I would sum it up. That the Braves stole. <laughs> that that William Contr- that oh that Wilson God. Contreras' little brother stole. Oh my God, it's awesome. Listen, I mean, 
They got beat. What do you want me to They're say? They're just, uh, I think the Mets are in a lot of trouble. I think this was their year. This is kind of why I don't like the new playoff format because the Mets deserve better than what than the hand they got dealt. Okay, like they won over a hundred games and they were rewarded with a three-game series against the Padres. Like that's just not fair, man. Like that's not fair. And and Yankee fans will say tough shit until their team is in that position where they gotta face. Uh, I don't know, a team that's stacked offensively and defensively, right? You know? Well, look at the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays ran into a buzzsaw like that was the Seattle Mariners. That's true. But the only thing I would say about in the Blue Jays case is the Blue Jays were not as good as the Mets. Okay? I can even say that. The Blue Jays are are an up-and-coming team. There is a future with a lot of their young pitchers, their young players. They have arguably one of the electric, most electrifying hitters in the game right now in Vlad G. Jr. They've got Cavon uh, Biggio. They have uh, Bichette Jr. over there. They've got three pitchers on their team that are halfway decent that are young. Like the Mets window was now. I mean, you got DeGrom who's saying he's going to leave. You've got Scherzer, where it's old noodle arm at the end of the season. Dodgers saw this too, man. Like, they want to call it an oblique. His shit wasn't moving. He might have been hurt, but that's basically what happened at the end of the season. Marte's a really good player, but you couldn't... I mean, you, you spent too much money to say it's all Marte's fault, right? And I, I love McNeil. I think he's a really good player. But, I mean... This was, to me, this was it, unfortunately, because now I think their hand is forced. They've got to go pick up Judge in the offseason, man. That's it. You're going to offer him more money than anybody else is going to offer him. You're going to make his decision to go play for the Yankees or go play for the Giants extremely difficult. I'll tell you what, you'll win some, you'll win more games next year. I don't think he's going to be hitting 62 bombs, but he, you put him with Alonzo, you put him with Marte, you put McNeil in front of him. That's another thing. They got to change the way they do this batting order. This batting order sucks. Like, they got to move some people up, move some people around. You want to say Lindor had a better year? Lindor should be comeback player of the year because his last year was so awful. Awful. So... I think the Mets will be back, but they gotta make they've gotta make a serious splash this offseason. And to me, there's one guy that can do that, and that's that's Judge. Judge doesn't Judge does not address their problems away as another certain player would. If you're gonna lose four fifths of your rotation, oh yeah, sure. Go get can, oh, Yeah, yeah, they can swing that, but that's that's a trade deadline guy, right? No, he, that's an he, off-season guy. Nah, that's a guy he just right signed now. A, he just signed a one-year, $30 million deal. He's going to be starting the season with the Angels. But I'm telling you, he's going to go to the highest bidder at the trade deadline because they're going to have to move him. They're not going to have a choice in that. Here's so the problem. The Angels yeah. are already so bad that they already are sellers next year. Yeah, yeah They much. suck. They, the much. Angels suck. It's Trout, Rendon, and Otani. And Trout and Rendon are never there. So if I'm Otani, I'm forcing my way out. I signed that one-year deal. The Mets are the only team that is not on my no-trade. I'm going to make this happen. 
Because what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me from the Mets? Beatty, Alvarez, who else? Like who else? Mauricio? Mauricio's blocked for ten years. So, like, if you know, it's... I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what the Angels are after. That's the thing. Neither do they. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty. I don't know. That's the beauty part of dealing with Perry Nassi. If I was to, if I mean, I agree. I totally agree with you that you know he he doesn't have a no trade clause to go to the Mets. However, there are other teams on the East Coast and a certain team in the Central that are probably willing to give up a lot for him too. So, you know, I think, and the other part is is remember the one thing he said is he wants to play for a contender he wants to play for a team that's winning i don't know if he looks at the mets and says they're a winner right now right i don't know if he looks at them that way but we're all gonna see what happens but enough about teams that have been eliminated let's talk about the teams that are still here the playoffs are finally set they kicked off yesterday with the Phillies being the Braves, the Yankees being the Indians, and the Dodgers taking care of the Padres, and the Astros winning in heroic fashion against the Mariners. Nice, nice slate of games last night. Really exciting. The Phillies are playing the Braves right now. The Astros, like I just said, are in it with a division rival, the Mariners, and the Yankees taking on the Indians, Dodgers taking on the Padres. Which teams do you have going into the next round? That's 50 cents in the swear jar for you. It's the Guardians, my friend. It's the Guardians. Guardians. So it's the wrong Ian. That's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? ESPN made a more egregious error. So that'll come later for the alleged superstar. But let's take it one series at a time. Let's start out in the American League West. Mariners are done. The Mariners are done. <laughs> their heart and soul was ripped from their body. Crushed. <laughs> the Scott Service going to Robbie Ray in that spot against Jordan Alvarez, who was hitting, I think, 310 against lefties this year. <laughs> that strikes me uh, that he is completely desperate. He knows he's outgunned. He knows he's outmatched. And if he knows it, the Astros know it. So I'm going Astros in a fucking sweep. But he should have just, just sort of left his closer in. Like, why bring in Robbie Ray? I know Robbie Ray's won a Cy Young Award, but why not just let this play out? I don't know. Maybe because Paul Seawall throws about 89. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't throw heat. Like, I know, Paul Seawall was on the Mets. Like, he does not throw heat. He'll top out at maybe 94. But it, it made no sense. It smacked the desperation and Scott Service may have already lost this series for his team. And the National League West, I can't say that the Dodgers aren't going to win this. It's going to be sweaty because they've been off for a week. Like they may uh, be they, it's going It's going to be even sweaty. Get me started with the whole we've been off for 4 days, 5 days a week. I don't give a shit how long you've been off. Let's go out there and play baseball, man. Yeah, and rust is real. You've played baseball. You know that rust is weird. Rust is real. I'll go outside and hit a wiffle ball over my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh-huh. But in reality, in, in sports, we know that rust is real. Like, you get out of your game. And the Padres have momentum. 
the Padres have a formidable starting rotation, right? You have Darvish. You have Clevenger, who's going. You have Greasy Joe. You have Blake Snell, who wasn't great, but can get the job done. You have... They have enough to give the Dodgers a series. It's not going to be a, a... It's not going to be a rollover. The one that... The two that I'm looking at now from the East... The Yankees and the Guardians. The Guardians have outkicked their coverage. They're the youngest team in the league. They're too young to know that they're in over their heads. Which, it can be scary for the Yankees because they don't, the Guardians don't know what they're in for. And that means they're going to be playing loose. Because they outkicked their coverage, right? They have no expectations hanging over them because they're not supposed to be here. They're supposed to... We had them pegged for what? Second to last? And now they're in the playoffs. Now, is that because... Playoffs? Is that because of the Twins and the White Sox? A little bit. But they're there. They took what was given to them. So, the Yankees should... Should... Take this series. Should. Stranger things have happened, but I think the Yankees should take this in five. And then, Phillies and the Braves... I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a shower after this, but I'm gonna take the Phillies just because I don't want the Braves to win. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? Yeah, you know I'm kind of going chalk, honestly. I mean, I just think I think the Astros are the class of the American League. I said that since the middle of July. I think the Dodgers are the class of the National League uh, West. I got the Yankees beating the Indians, and I got the Braves somehow gonna beat the Phillies like they got it right um you know things I'm looking to see which already took place was is Garrett Cole gonna dominate which he did he did respectfully like he was supposed to so he was a true number one uh can the Astros win late they showed it that they showed that last night you can have a 7-3 lead over them going into late innings and you're still gonna be have to play your best baseball to beat them um, I mean, the Dodgers are playing a familiar foe. They're playing the Padres. They know the Padres in and out. I don't think they're afraid of them. And they have, you know, in my opinion, the real batting champ in the National League. And that's Freddie Freeman, man. You know, he's probably one. Of, he's probably top five hitter in the league. I mean, born defending champion. He's going to do his stuff for them. And, uh, you know, I want to see. And for me, it's like, which I'm kind of disappointed on, is the Braves should be sweeping the Phillies. Those Phillies should not be beating the Braves. And the head coach should not be coming out and complaining about having days off. I mean, you're the defending champions. You're the National League East champions. And that's your first comment after in the press conference. Well, you know, I don't think we needed five days off. It's like, come on, man. Come out and just say, listen, I didn't get my guys ready to play. Because that's basically what happened yesterday. We weren't ready to play. And we better get ready to play because the Phillies have nothing to lose they shouldn't even be here so that's how i see things playing out yeah i mean it it remains to be seen how things are gonna go but you know with the underdogs here like of the underdogs since you're going chalk who would be the least surprising for you would it be the Padres? <laughs> the least surprising to me right now would be the Phillies because they won the first game. Uh, 
In terms of no, winning the series, no. you would say the Phillies would be the least surprising to you? Yeah. I mean, they're already, they're already, they're already one up. I mean, that would be the least surprising if they went on and won tonight. And then, then when we're going to go to Philadelphia and somehow win three in a row, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, You're going against two of my exes. You're going up against Zach Wheeler, and I'm sure <laughs> Thor will make an appearance at some point. So you're saying, yeah, you're saying least surprising to like... To me, least surprising would be the Padres because it's a division opponent. They match up very well with the Dodgers, and I could I could see that going the full Monty. I can yeah, see that going the, the full but series. But didn't the Dodgers like dominate them the last like well, I don't know like eight times they played them or something like that? I, feel, I mean, the Phillies are a divisional opponent for the Braves, right? So yeah, but the Phillies same. don't match up. The Phillies don't match up the same way. Like they have to play Nick Castellanos out in the outfield. Like that's they. It's a hell of a lot different than the stacked lineup that the Padres are going to put out there with an all-star pitcher, an all-star starter out there, right? I would see the one team that has no shot is probably the Mariners. Not only the Mariners have any chance to beat the Astros. The Astros are just, just playing so good this year, man. And it sounds it seems like they're really out to, for blood. Like They're trying to prove to people wrong about the whole World Series that they supposedly stole, right? They're trying to show, hey man, Springer is gone and Correa is gone. We still were the best team in the league this year. Jordan Alvarez is a monster. And they it's do the it second with coming of David Ortiz. They do it with pitching too. Verlander, man, sleeping on the Astros. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. Uh, but, you know, believe it or not, we have some basketball to talk about. In the middle of football season and the end of baseball season, uh, Draymond Green made headlines. When a video leaked of him arguing with Jordan Poole at practice and then punching Jordan Poole in the face, knocking him out. The team did not take any action, but Draymond is taking an impose leave of action from the team. Leave of, leave of absence from the team. Where, where do the Warriors and Draymond go from here? When Draymond's right, mentally, I think it's business as usual. 
I really think that this is business as usual. Draymond Green, as a player, is an irritant. That's his job, right? That his job is to get under the skin of the other team. Apparently, Jordan Poole is also very good at being an irritant and getting under the skin of certain people, including Mr. Draymond Green. You don't have to like each other as teammates. You don't have to hang out with each other. But at the end of the day, you have to be pulling in the right direction. And I think... I'm with Steve Kerr on this. He said in his 32 years in and around basketball, he's probably seen 20 fistfights. <laughs> he's, he's admitting to seeing 20. Admitting to. There's probably more. And God knows what else happened. But I have to think that this is going to be water under the bridge because of the ownership of the team management, and the star players. They're going to want this buried. They're going to want this taken care of. And Draymond Green is a pragmatist at the end of the day. And he knows that this is his best shot at winning. Right? This team is his best shot of winning. Where else is he going to go? Where else is he going to go at this point in the season if they cut him? My my thing is this, is that, you know, they're going to be okay. They just need to figure out how to push forward. And they, these guys are pros. They'll be able to, and I don't see this having a major impact at all once Draymond gets back from his absence. Well, man, the optics of it were awful, right? I mean, mm-hmm. video makes everything worse. I just think I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a tough line to walk where you know you you talk about the Udoka situation right mm-hmm. and and then you talk about you know with the Phoenix Suns workplace culture how you know Sarver's the way he spoke to people and the way he talked and the way he acted was just unacceptable. And then you have, a, you know, teammates, essentially a co-worker, punching another co-worker in the face so hard that he crumbles to the ground. So, I think the NBA and the, and the Golden State Warriors need to figure out what line are we walking here? Like, where is the players' union? Fights? Well, fights and arguments, okay. This was a situation where somebody got knocked out. You know, this wasn't like a swing and a miss, man. This was somebody got knocked out. Um, so I know in my place of business, if somebody knocks me out, man, there's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of things hitting the fan in my, in my job. So I don't know if you could just gloss this over. Uh, you know, this is a new era. This is a new time and day. This is a new age. I don't think fist fights in the 70s and 80s and the 90s. Yeah, that might have been typical for Kerr. But man, this is 2022. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's okay. You know, 
I don't know if that's okay. The only the only defending thing I'll say for Draymond is he didn't touch Poole first. Poole pushed him. He put his two hands on him. So once you do that to another individual, man, all bets are off. Like, so I defend Draymond to that extent where he might have been chatty and may have said something to get under Poole's skin, but he didn't put his hands on him first. And he also didn't sucker punch him. Like, he came at him to his face. Um, I also thought it was kind of soft that the Golden State Warriors didn't suspend Draymond. That he walked away himself and that he took a leave of absence on himself. And for such a forward-thinking franchise to not suspend him, and all people want to say, well, he didn't suspend him because they didn't want him to miss ring night. You know, he earned his ring. I was like, that is not an excuse for not suspending somebody. That he gets to attend ring night? Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. Like, my... My mother went through four years of high school, but at a party, she punched a girl in the face, and she wasn't able to go to her prom. Sorry, no, you worked four years for this, but you don't get to take part in that because you, you punched somebody in the face. That's a true story. Um, so, and as far as, you know, you saying there are any suitors for Draymond, I think there's a lot. Especially with his, you know, when he's in terms of his contract. I'm sure the Bulls would take him. I'm sure the Heat would take him. I'm sure the Lakers would take him. I'm sure the Brooklyn Nets would take him. They may take him, but none of those teams are in the position to win the way the Golden State Warriors are. No. Even the Heat. Even the Heat. They're just not on the same level. And they may take Draymond Green, but Draymond Green is not going to have the impact you know, that Golden I, State that he would in Golden State. I think, I do think his skills are diminishing. I don't think he's as vital as he was a couple of years ago. But I do believe if he joined the Nets team, if he joins a Philly team, if he joined that Philly team, I, I think they'd be pretty good. I think I do. I think they would be pretty good. But, you know, I'm curious to see where this goes. Um, I myself have been a part of professional teams where there were fights. You know, I remember with the Jets, Vilma got punched in the face. I remember uh, with, um, I remember with, who was the other team? I was with the Yankees. There, there were, there were talks that there was a fight that happened. So, you know, I think talking's one thing. Video is another thing. I mean, it'd be curious to see how this goes. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But we know how this went. Matt Rule (laughs) is now taking a permanent leave of absence from the Panthers as of Monday. The Panthers fired the head coach with a 1-4 record to start this season. He was in the middle of a seven-year deal that owner David Tepper 
chose to give to him, coming straight out of Baylor with minimal NFL coaching experience, none of it as a head coach, mind you. But they asked him to pack his bags nonetheless. Where does Matt Rule go from here? And where do the Panthers go from here? How about Matt Rule's going to earn $848,000 a week for like the next few years? How how sweet is that for Matty Rule? Um, I need to be his agent. It's it's interesting, right? Because he was such a hot hire, right? Whatever. I think he came from Baylor, right? He's putting up Mm -hmm. with Baylor. And they had to have all these teams were clamoring over him. Um, you know, I think he he got a not that he got a raw deal. I liked how he came out. And I think it was his first or his second year, and he drafted all defensive players. I like that kind of mindset. Um, Christian McCaffrey was never right. You know, um, he his quarterback situation was just a disaster, right? Um, you had Darn, Sam Darnold failed. Baker Mayfield failed. <clears throat> think teams teams were some some crazy number like 27 and 1 against the Panthers when they score like less than 17 points something stupid like that um I think Matt goes back to college I think there's uh there's a place for him there I don't think the pros is a is a, is a place for him I think we found that out and as far as the Panthers go, the Panthers are going to have probably a top five pick, probably the number one overall pick. I know Walker, PJ Walker is playing this weekend against the Rams. That should be fun. Mm. Um, I picked up the Rams kicker. The best. <laughs> uh, actually traded for the Rams kicker. That's how much I believe in it. Um, so I could, you know, I'm, I could see them going back to the college ranks, though trying to get another coach i can't see them really luring anybody of worth in the in the nfl but you know maybe they go for the you know the head coach at usc they probably should try to go get a herman edwards who i think just got fired from arizona state i mean he's a good talker he's a guy that can talk people up you gotta you gotta bring someone in to you know restart this team or how about Jim Caldwell? Jim Caldwell would probably be a great coach to bring in for that job. So that's where I see it. How do you see it? I mean, Caldwell would be a fine hire, but Caldwell's been a fine hire for like 10 years, and he can't get a job after the after the Lions canned him. I mean, Bienemy's not the answer there. That's no, the, you, you definitely need a veteran coach <laughs> with a steadying presence, whether that's a Les Frazier or a Jim Caldwell or someone to that effect, I think that would be fine. The good thing is, is they're going to be able to get one of the top quarterbacks coming out of the draft, right? You're going to squad Darnold, and Baker right off the bat. Guys, thanks for your time. You guys are out. Um, you're going to bring in, you should be, you should be drafting a quarterback. So bring in an offensive minded guy and so, try to kick the tires on that. Yeah. If you're, if you're gunning for the number one pick, because it's you and Houston, at this point, it's Carolina and Houston. If you're going for the number one pick and you intend on taking a quarterback, then you must trade Christian McCaffrey. You need to minimize the number of wins you will get. So you need to bottom out your talent 
you'll accidentally win because you have Baker you have Baker Mayfield eventually coming back. As far as Coach Rule, prior to his stint in Carolina, he had one year of NFL experience as an assistant offensive line coach with the 2012 New York Giants. Everything else was Temple, West Carolina, Western Carolina, Baylor, two seasons at Buffalo. So for me, based on his past success and the cachet that he has in college, two programs come to mind. Now, we'll see if this comes to fruition. Nebraska, they just fired Scott Frost. Would they want to bring in a big-name coach with NFL experience, albeit bad? Would you want to go that route to bring the Cornhuskers back to where you think they, they belong? And the Oklahoma Sooners can't do much worse. Those two programs, I think, would benefit a lot from Coach Rule. But the Panthers? The Panthers are thoroughly mediocre. They are thoroughly mediocre right now. They have some assets that they can move, but they're just, they're closer to the bottom than the top, and there's nothing for the foreseeable future that indicates that they are going to be trending upward anytime soon. But I've already gotten, I've I've gotten some reports. The Bills are interested in McCaffrey. I've heard that they're going to be like the primary target. The Rams can never be counted out, even though they don't have picks to like 2087. Like, if they decide to move McCaffrey, where do you think he's going? Where's the best fit, in your opinion? I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't really. He needs to go to an offense that has more of like a spread game, right? Like, mm-hmm. to, to me, um, a team like Baltimore would benefit from him. You got to get somebody who can spread it. Buffalo, I don't, I don't see him as a cold weather runner, like kind of running between the tackles. Then that's how he gets hurt. He a little guy, he a little guy, right? Um, Fournette gets hurt. You couldn't count out. Well, they won't go in in the division. But that's another thing that's on Carolina's side is like this whole division is really rebuilding, right? Like Tom Brady ain't the quarterback of the future for the Bucks. Mariota is not the quarterback of the future for the Falcons. New or- I don't think Jameis Winston is the quarterback of the future for the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints and the Bucks are probably the only two teams that are kind of close to rebuild, but the- a lot of their talented players they're sh- they're on a short contract, so you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna lose out on much there. Um, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would see. Like, I can't see really Kansas City getting involved with him. Maybe Seattle. I guess Seattle loses uh, their guy. They could get into it, but it's tough because he, to me, he's he's got diminished value because he just doesn't play. He doesn't play enough. He's always hurt. The dude is always hurt. I'm surprised he's still playing right now. I don't even think he has any touchdowns this season. Nope. He doesn't. So, yeah, I believe he does. He he, he racks up yards. He gets <laughs> yards. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that. You know they can't find the end zone with both hands, like the, and that fall. That's going back to the quarterback problem. They still haven't replaced Cam Newton. 
They haven't replaced him since 2015. So that's a major problem. They have not gotten the quarterback right. And that is a problem long-term because it doesn't matter if you bring in Robbie Anderson. It doesn't matter if you have DJ Moore. It doesn't matter if you have these players. If your quarterback's not going to get them the ball, they're fucking useless. They're going to be absolutely useless. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ. DNI give you our top 1, 2, 3 fantasy starts or Green Light and Fantasy Sits or Red Light. That's Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the Fade Route. That's Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ every NFL Sunday during the season. Speaking of turning over a new leaf, <laughs> the NHL season has started in Prague over the weekend. Okay, Good as place as any, I suppose. Where the Nashville Predators beat the San Jose Sharks to start the season. We had some Ranger action last night as the Broadway Blue Shirts upended the Tampa Bay Lightning in a little bit of a revenge game for last year's conference finals. Aside from hockey being back, what are some things that you're looking for this hockey season? Man, I'm excited for hockey this year. You know, I I really want to see, I want to see how the Oilers respond. I really believe that this is their year. I expect McDavid and company to take a giant step forward. And for this to be their year, I want to see McDavid win the Hart Trophy. I want to see him dominate like O.V., Crosby, or Gretzky did in the over the last few years. That's what I really want to see with the Oilers. I want to see the Predators compete. I love the Predators. They're probably my second team that I root for. I want to see them compete, get back in the mix. The Penguins opted to keep Mulkin, Crosby, and Latang together. So I want to see if they've got another run in them. I don't think so, but I want to see it. And the Lightning, can they go for four? Can they get to four Stanley Cups in a row? Um, you know, I really think they just ran out of gas last year against the Avalanche. Um, and the Avalanche's rings are sick. And their <laughs> ring box is awesome this year. That's insane. Um, last year, too, that ring is so awesome. So highly doubtful seeing the Lightning get back. But I'm excited for hockey. I'm excited to see... Matthews of the, of the Maple Leafs, and I'm, you know, it's it's a it's it's a great it's a great time of the year in sports. I mean, you've got hockey, you've got baseball playoffs, football, and you got basketball on the horizon. It is a good time. It's you have the confluence of all four major sports. You don't get that except in this time of the year, right? You never you never get that until October and into November. But Edmonton, it's shit or get off the pot time for them. Like McDavid, Dreisaitl, you have the firepower. You supposedly just needed a goalie. You have your goalie. Simone! You finally have your goalie. Let's see what you got. This is it. No more excuses for them. The Avalanche, can they run it back with a new goalie? They lost Darcy Kemper. They traded for Alex Georgiev from the Rangers. 
So is Georgiev a starter in this league? We're going to find out because he went from backing up the best to now being the man. And he's now on the championship team. And he's watching guys get rings. Is he going to be able to get to the next level? Or is he going to hold that team back? We'll see. I'm also looking for... I'm looking specifically... You mentioned Pittsburgh already. I'm looking at the Blackhawks, too. They're going to be awful. But here's why I'm looking at them. In the same vein that I'm looking at the Penguins. If they are bad, if they are as atrociously bad as people think they're going to be, where does Jonathan Taves go? Where does Patrick Kane go? Do the Penguins have the balls to blow it up and trade a guy like Malkin, trade a guy like Latang, trade a guy like Crosby to a contender and yeah, accelerate right. and accelerate a rebuilding process? Because something about Pittsburgh, right? The Steelers, same thing. They died on the vine. The Penguins need to avoid doing that because they almost lost the franchise once. They need to be able to stay relevant. And if that means they need to, if those are the eggs you got to break to make an omelet, then you got to do it. In terms of local sports, we got to see if the Rangers can actually get to the next level, right? They were one one series away from the promised land and they fell just short they got beaten up along the way they played multiple overtime games that ran them out of gas they need to learn how to close can this ranger team close and that's what i'll be looking for this season from them then you know you have some other like how long is John Tortorella gonna last in Philly? Like, how long is Torts gonna gonna last before he rubs out, you know, runs out his welcome and Kevin Hayes wants to hit him? You know, it's gonna feel like it's like Dubinsky in Columbus. Kevin Hayes is gonna start having flashbacks. It's not. It's not gonna be pretty. But there's some legit teams. There are some legit teams that can definitely take the next level, but you they have to get out of their own way. Florida got bounced last year. Can, Blar, can Florida learn from losing? Toronto, perennial chokers. <laughs> perennial chokers. They brought, they got their guy. Are they finally able to get over the hump? Like, these are the stories that are going to carry this all year. Calgary Flames. Right, make this crazy Matthew Kachuk for Jonathan Huberdeau trade. You lost Johnny Goodrow. Are these the guy? Are these the guys that are going to? Are they going to stay up at the top of that division? There are a lot of question marks right now. There aren't that many sure things. There aren't that many sure things. Even the defending champion isn't a sure thing. The one thing that you know, the one thing that you can hang your hat on is that Tampa Bay is going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to. They're going to be a problem. Can they get to the fourth cup? We'll see. We'll definitely see. You have a lot of teams gunning for them. A lot of teams got better. We're definitely going to see if Tampa Bay is going to be able to hold them off. But I'd say they at least are going to make it to the conference finals.
take the championship from DNZ this year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Route Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Route every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. All right, boys and girls, here how here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either fair or foul. Easy. Fair or foul? Chris Jones and Grady Jarrett getting called for personal fouls on Derek Carr and Tom Brady, respectively, over the weekend. All right, I am going to play devil's advocate here. Uh, for the Grady Jarrett sack, I do believe it was a personal foul because there was extra show at the end of the tackle on Tom. And then for the Chris Jones tackle on Derek Carr, I agreed in live time that Chris Jones did drop his entire body weight on Derek Carr. Those are personal fouls. The only thing I will say about the Chris Jones one was that there was a fumble involved. He knocked the ball out and then fell on him. So that, I thought, that should not have been a personal foul. But in live time, I think it was hard for the ref to see that actually happen. And then for the Tom Brady thing, I mean, yeah, it's a little like whatever, but the stuff just happened with Tua. It was a similar takedown. And then he kind of of gave the shove at the end of it. And I love Grady Jarrett. I thought if the Falcons would have won the Super Bowl, he really should have been the MVP the year against Brady. He was just up in Tom's face the whole game. But that's the card I'm going to say. So I'm going to say both penalties were I don't know, but I am. I I, I don't know. know. No, I I you you tried, but you you tried, and I appreciate you trying to be devil's advocate on this. But it's it's foul. It's the hits were not as egregious as they looked in real time. You. It's a problem. The league is ha- the league has a major problem right now because they cannot, they cannot appear as if they are just going to baby the quarterback while you have guys like Micah Parsons having run- having to run through blocks where they're essentially getting horse collar, getting choked, yeah, getting run up. There's a clear double standard, and. Is it unnecessary that Jarrett threw him to the ground? Possibly, like in the the course of a football play. But the whole point of getting to the quarterback is taking him down. Like that is the whole point. Like that ends the play. So, and you know, putting all your body weight versus some body weight. Like, are you doing math? Like, how are you doing? Oh, he only hit him with 32% of his body weight. So, it's okay. (laughs) 
So, you know, the NFL officiating has reached parity level to the point where they had Kevin Hart. You know, they, they laid Kevin Hart down and they swaddled him in a blanket. And then they threw a flag afterwards for excessive, for a personal foul. And it's getting to that point. It really is. Like, you can't hit a receiver unless it's in the strike zone. But the strike zone is about the size of, you know, a Chromebook computer. Very small. (laughs) Very small. So, I'm going to say this is foul. The NFL needs to get their house in order and they need to figure this crap out because it's going to come to a point where something like this is going to influence a playoff game and then it's going to call into question the entirety of a series, uh, of well, a the season. Issue, I mean, the issue is, is like, you've got to let them tackle the quarterback. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what else, what more you want them to do. I mean... You gotta, you gotta let them play. It is football. This is tackle football. I mean, I the one thing I'll say is none of those hits were malicious. No, right? I never like I remember perfect Oof. tackling people, and I remember um, Sue tackling people, and you could tell they were trying to hurt them, like you trying to trying to twist them or, or hold their arm in as they're you know pinning them to the ground. Albert like, Hainsworth. Haynesworth, um, Aeneas Williams back in the day used to make some vicious safety hits on Steve Young, I recall. Mm-hmm. Where you look like you were putting, you trying to put him out of the game. I didn't see the Grady Jarrett hit as him trying to end Tom's career. I didn't. I also didn't see the Chris Jones hit as, oh, I'm trying to knock Derek Carr out of the game. No, I broke free of my tackle. I'm either going to put my shoulder into his the small of his back and go through him, or I'm just going to jump on top of him. Ask Derek what he would prefer. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of different things, right? Because you have to learn, you're learning how to tackle on the fly. And the rules are changing at the same time. So it becomes an issue. Like, are you, like the helmet to helmet. You drop your shoulder, but now your opponent's helmet is lowered. How is that? Has that become a defenseless receiver? So you are actually kind of encouraging players to pull up. And that's going to be a problem. Because then it's going to swing the other way, right? Guys aren't going to be making tackles. They're going to be running free. And what? It's absolutely ridiculous. They're trying to legislate football, defensive football, out of the game. And they've been doing it for years. Just say it at this point. You want Just put flags on Put flags on them if you don't want contact. If you don't want your precious golden boys to get hurt, put some flags on them. That's all I'm going to say about that. Fair or foul number two. Buck Showalter asked the ums to check Greasy Joe Musgrave's ear. Just that Greasy Joe Musgrove's ear. Excuse me, not Musgrave. His ears during the sixth inning of the playoff game Sunday night. I'll let you go first on this one. I'm going fair. It's fair. It's absolutely fair. In the same way that Padres hitters stepped out and did their no best Nomar Garcia power impersonation, after almost every single pitch, it unnerved Chris Bassett. It did not unnerve Joe Musgrove. It didn't work. But it is gamesmanship. And we saw it. We saw something. But your ears don't shine like that. 
So we don't know what it was. Andrew McCutcheon was speculating that it was red hot. Right. It might have been icy hot. It might have been something. But I can tell you this. Ears don't shine like that. But so, and you also don't go to your, your natural instinct is not to go to your ear. And Joe Musgrove did go to his ear a couple of times. He went to his ear, then went to the dirt. Ear, then dirt. Ear, then dirt. And for those of you that are saying like, oh, well, slippery substance can't help with your spin rate. Once you put some dirt on it, it becomes a friction. And that'll allow for some spin rate. His spin rates were up through the roof, right? For this time of year, you can argue adrenaline. You can argue, you know, being pumped up, having the extra day of rest, whatever. But they were almost a full, his miles per hour was a run and a half, a mile and a, an hour and a half more. And his spin rate was like one and a half times. So something was going on. But it's totally fair for Buckshell Walter. His job is to make sure the Mets win, right? His job is to try and get the Mets get the Mets to win. They did not hit, but if he saw something and he called them out, he's well within his rights to do so. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's foul. I mean, his his team was just so terrible in that last game. They couldn't hit for nothing. So then they go and allege that this guy has got goop or dope or whatever on his ears and really it's really just like I think what you know McCutcheon was saying it was when it was like red hot which is trying to keep him like fired up and focused and in the moment and paying attention to something other than you know 40,000 people in the stands booing him uh I thought it was foul I liked what the Padres were doing against Bassett He's a rhythm pitcher. They were trying to take him out of his rhythm. But, you know, saying a guy has got something on him when he really doesn't got something on him, it looks kind of petty. And it looks kind of awful. Especially when you're the team that won all these games. And really, this was supposed to be your year. You've you've stooped to the level of, they must be cheating. We can't hit the ball. This guy's got to have something. Check him, check him. He's got to have something. That's what it came That's what it felt like to me. Here's the thing. If he, if they did throw him out, right? If they did find something, wouldn't have been an issue. What the fuck are you waiting for? It was the sixth inning of the game. You waited till the sixth fucking inning. You're being no hit. You're being one hit. You're being one. You Musgrove had the longest perfect game attempt in Padres history, <laughs> and you waited until then. Like I said in the production meeting, it it took me back to 2006. When Kenny Rogers was pitching for the Tigers against the St. Louis Cardinals, there was the clump of dirt on Kenny Rogers' wrist and, and forearm, right? And his, the palm of his hand. Like, he had brown shit all over his hand. That was not a clump. Like for those of you that know what a clump is, it doesn't look like a streak. Then magically, it was gone. He washed his hands, and it was gone. And his slider wasn't breaking like it was. So that is within the realm of gamesmanship. And that's within the realm. And Tony La Russa was totally in the right for calling him on it. So I see it. I don't see it any differently. Except one was in the World Series game one. 
and the other was in a, in a closeout game. If you got taught, if you had something on him, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. We would be, the conversation would be how dumb are you that you put that you were trying to doctor the ball in a fucking closeout game. So it was gamesmanship. It just didn't work. Speaking of didn't work, fair or foul number three. The NFL should flex the Colts and Broncos to the XFL. Gosh, how awful was that Thursday night game? I actually went to a bar to watch that game, and we wound up leaving the bar in the third quarter because I just couldn't watch it anymore. I just, the ineptness of Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. I, I, if I was Matt Ryan, I would have packed my bag up at halftime. Like, man, this is this is just a bad decision. I should I shouldn't have come back, guys. I'm sorry. I I'm actually gonna leave. I'm actually gonna walk home from here <laughs> from Denver. I'm gonna walk home. You're Vontae Davis. I, I I called I called Peyton Manning and he's gonna come pick me up. This <laughs> was just a terrible terrible decision. Um, yeah, it was really awful. It was terrible to watch. Um, as far as the Colts are concerned, it's clear Matt Ryan's done so. And uh, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't come back healthy, their season's over. As far as the Broncos are concerned, the Broncos have a great defense. I actually put their issues on the coach. I think he's at, I think he's out of his element. I don't think he's I don't think he was ready to be a head coach. I think they went and got him hoping to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. And let me tell you, if they had Aaron Rodgers in Denver, man, they'd be pretty they'd be lighting it up. But this guy, this coach, nasty. I think it's fair. Both of these teams are absolutely awful. You're looking at the 31st and 32nd teams in points scored. Right? The Colts average 13.8 points per game, and the Broncos average 15. Shit. Absolute shit. The... Broncos have decent rush numbers compared to, I mean, compared to the Colts, it's 112.6 to 91.4 in favor of the Broncos. But when you take into account now that they've lost Javante Williams and you now have to rely on Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray and Mike Boone, I'm going to throw Mike Boone out there. Boone. Boone. The one Boone you might be able to trust. But... Yeah, these neither one of these look great. The one saving grace is Denver's defense. They're going to keep you in the game. Brandon McManus is a solid kicker, right? You're able... That kick would have been good. That otherwise just shanked. It would have been... That 65-yard field goal, the longest of his damn career, it would have been good if it didn't get shanked. So, it's, it's hard to say that this is... You know, this is professional football. It's just dog awful. It is god awful. And, you know, say what you will about Nathaniel Hackett being out of his element, but Russell Wilson doesn't... He looks like the same Russell Wilson. It looks the same. It's like they imported Seattle to Denver. A shit offensive line. He's running for his life. He's missing easy throws. He missed a guy wide open in the end zone. Didn't even see him. Now he's playing with a lat strain. Originally reported as a lat tear, but apparently it's only a lat strain. He's going to play through it because he doesn't want to miss time. 
but you have to admit the Seahawks won that trade already. Like, yeah. In the short term and possibly the long term, the Seattle Seahawks won that trade. As far as the Matt Ryan trade, I told you he was done. We knew he was done. I really, we knew thought, I really didn't think so. I thought he was... I thought he was going to excel there. I thought he'd ball control, run the football, and I thought he was going to be all right. Not the case at all. No, not the case at all. And Jonathan Taylor's regressed too. So that becomes a problem. But Indianapolis is becoming a place where quarterbacks go to die. And it's very interesting because you had Rivers, you had Wentz, and now you had Ryan. For an offensive genius, supposedly, in Frank Reich, this is what's happening. They've had six quarter. They have six starting quarterbacks in six consecutive seasons, and all of them, with the exception of Andrew Luck, have been terrible. And Andrew Luck had the good sense to get the hell out of Dodge. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't look good for the foreseeable future. Nathaniel Hackett, he may be a one and done as a head coach. Frank Reich, he, he'll find his quarterback eventually. He's just he's not there yet. Yeah, XFL's fine. You can send them the app. You can send them to college. Wherever you want to send That's fine. I'm, I'm good with all of them. Send them. They can go. Relegate them. That's the one thing soccer has over the NFL. That's what soccer has over football, and I'm here for it. Relegation, Holmes. Relegation. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this here's show and takes home the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, D? I don't. It was the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Rightfully so. They narrowly beat out the New York Mets starting pitching. So, you know, New York Mets, you know what you need to do. Almost get somebody killed. <laughs> Almost get somebody killed and then make them watch McGruber. Then you can get the coveted ass trophy. But that was last week. This is this week. Who you got? D. All right. First up for my alleged superstar of the week is Atlanta Braves head coach Brian Snicker. After game one, after the game one embarrassing loss to the Phillies, he said, "I don't think we needed five days off." This is not something the manager of the defending champions and NL East champions should say. I found his comments pathetic. Game one, and you make it, you're starting to make excuses already. How about I didn't prepare my team to play tonight? That's why we lost. That would have been much more acceptable. Brian Snicker, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Devontae Adams pushing mm. a member of the media after the game. That's assault, brother. This was not a fun. This was not done on a football field, and this was not done to a football player. Keep your hands to yourself. You blew a 17-0 lead, uh, and on the last play of the game, you crashed into your own player, and you decide to take out your frustration on a member of the media. You better not get suspended because you're on my fantasy team. But Devontae Adams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. 
And number three, Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick, traded to Carolina, where you were going to make Cleveland regret trading you. You were going to stop. You were going to put everybody's comments to rest, everybody that was against you. Panthers are one and four. They fired their head coach. And uh, you're out the next two to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. And you have four touchdowns and four interceptions on the season. Baker Mayfield, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? All great. All great choices. I'm going to start with NFL officiating for two egregiously bad calls. One in the Chiefs game, one in the Bucks game that ultimately decided the game and called into question what a hit is. Like, what is a solid hit? What do we have it, to do? We're back to the days where you didn't know where the catch was, remember? <laughs> right. We went from, I don't know what a catch is, to now I don't know what a hit is. Like, we are setting football back so much, so far, and it's all your guys' fault. NFL officials, you are my alleged superstar of the week, Draymond Green, for not only clocking Jordan Poole, but also taking your extended leave of absence in lieu of a team punishment, right? Dude, take it like a man, take your punishment like a man, assess your time away from the game in the off season. You knocked out your teammate, take the punishment and move on. Draymond Green, I don't care about your ring. You got enough of them. You don't need to be there for ring night. Draymond Green, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And Max Scherzer, Mr. 40 million, that's what the money's for. You shit the bet against the Braves. You shit the bread. You shit the bet against the Padres. You, you gave up four home runs in four innings. You're telling me that Taiwan Walker couldn't have done better? You're telling me that Carlos Carrasco couldn't have done better? You're telling me that David Peterson could not have done better? Because he came out of the bullpen and he's actually pretty good. Max Scherzer, this is why you got the money. And if if I'm you, I would seriously think about my health. And if I'm actually healthy enough to fulfill my length of this contract because that's two years in a row that your body has failed you in the biggest moments of the year just food for thought Max Scherzer you are my alleged superstar of the week but those are ours what are yours? hit us up faderoutmail at gmail.com slide in those DMs on IG at Podcast, or drop us a line on Twitter at Fade Route DNZ for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better.
Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for week six. Can you believe it's week six already? We're a third of the way through the NFL season, and that means we're a third of our way through our NFL pick'em on CBS Sports. Congratulations to Foxy. Took home the win this week, and he is in the driver's seat, but it's not comfortable. The difference between first and second place is only four points, so there's plenty of heavy hitters in our group, and there's still time for you to join. Follow the Instagram link at Fade Route Podcast. Find it. Join our CBS Pick'em League, the option, and play along with us. Teams on a bye this week. Adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. The Lions, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Titans. But we begin with the Thursday night game. I know, but we have to. Amazon Prime. The 1-4 Washington Commanders at the 2-3 Chicago Bears. Such a primetime matchup. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to take Washington. Believe oh it or not, God. Carson Wentz is actually top five in passing yards. Just saying. Jared Goff was leading the league in touchdowns. So, you know, this year is like topsy-turvy. It's like mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. I'm going to go with Dogs the Bears. Cats living together. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. After Oh, Ron Rivera should have earned a little Legend Superstar, too, after what he said about, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league. Oops. That's big. <laughs> yeah, that was great. My bad. What's the difference between you and the other people in the NFC's quarterback? <laughs> oh, God. Meanwhile, God. Dallas is starting a backup quarterback. Cooper goddamn Rush. Cooper Rush. Oh, my I'm God. Was, take that, the was, this, was this Mike on? Oh, 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 man. PR guy's like, shit. <laughs> shit. Somebody call Cam Newton. Ron, do you realize what you just set up there? I'm going to have to be up here all night defending you. (laughs) Oh, God. Take the Bears. Take Khalil Herbert. Not even Justin Fields. Take Khalil Herbert. He's going to have a monster game. And, I mean, it's going to be ugly. All of the Prime video games have been ugly so far. And that has nothing to do with the broadcast. That's just the way it is on a short week. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The three and two San Francisco 49ers going to Hotlanta to take on the two and three Falcons. 49ers. Niners pretty easily. Niners pretty, pretty easily. The two and three Patriots go into Cleveland to take on the two and three Cleveland Browns. Stay Cleveland, man. Cleveland's playing well. I'm taking the Browns as well. Hunt and Chubb will have their way. 
even they though were... New England's defense is terrorizing people, they are giving they're giving teams a very hard time. They are, but Jacoby Brissett's not going to have to do much if they if he just turns the, and hands the ball off. I'm interested to see what Bailey Zappi will be the second week. We'll definitely find out. The three and two New York Jets go into Lambeau to take on the three and two Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay this week. I'm taking the Jets. I don't like what I saw from Green Bay. They now had to fly back from London. You had a rift between Aaron Rodgers and Jari Alexander. You, There's definitely something brewing in the Packers locker room. And it's the battle of the Lafleurs. And Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's little brother has been waiting his entire life to take it to his big brother. As a little brother, I know. You always want to beat your big brother. And he's going to want to take it, and he's going to make it happen this week. The 2-3 and three Jacksonville Jaguars take on the 2-2-1 two, two and one Indianapolis Colts. I, li- I like Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville on this. The Colts are circling the drain. Matt Ryan is done. What more can you say? Matt Ryan. So, Matty Ice. Matty Ice. The four and one Minnesota Vikings go into Miami to take on the three and two Miami Dolphins, led by the immortal Skylar Thompson. Yeah, Skylar Thompson's playing, so I'm taking the Vikings. I gotta imagine they win the game. They have to, right? Right. right. They have to. Right. You, unless they're not scar- starting Skylar Thompson, and it's just like they're the Wildcat again. You're like Raheem Mostert's gonna be the, in the back. You know, they're, they're going to have four running backs. It's going to be fucking crazy. But you know what? I'm going to – the Vikings need to win this game. I'm going to start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotten so much better. <laughs> I hate my father. I hate my life. I feel great, man. I feel great. Oh, my God. That's the what two- Matt Ryan says before he goes out of the field. <laughs> Oh my God! The two and three Cincinnati Bengals at the two and three New Orleans Saints. This was a tough one for me, but ultimately I do think Cincinnati outscores them. This is this is definitely tough. Like the Bengals are playing down, and the Saints—I don't know what the hell the Saints are at this point. But I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I think they're gonna be more talented, and talent trumps at the end of the day. The Baltimore Ravens at three and two go into MetLife Stadium to take on the four and one New York Football Giants. Yeah, I was very tempted to uh, take the Giants, but I gotta think that this is gonna wear off at some point. So I'm gonna take Baltimore, even though their defensive coordinator knows Baltimore's offense in and out. I'm still sticking with that. Five and one. You heard it here first. The New York Giants are going to knock off the Ravens. Daniel Jones, we'll see. But Saquon Barkley, there's your start. The three and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the one and four Pittsburgh Steelers. Tampa rolls. Yeah. Pretty handily. Pretty handily. Steelers are in a free fall right now. We're in the four o'clock hour. The one and four Carolina Panthers, led by the immortal PJ Walker and Steve Wilkes, going to SoFi Stadium to take on the two and three Los Angeles Rams. Oh God, the game's in SoFi. I'm taking LA. 
pretty easily. The Rams have been a disappointment. They've been an underachiever, but they're going to get right this week. They're going to get fat this week. The 2-3 and three Arizona Cardinals going to Lumen Field to take on the 2-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking Arizona. They played a really good game last week. Um, they played a really good game against Eagles last week. Kenneth Walker. Remember the name. Kenneth Walker. Go Hawks. They're going to take this one. The 4-1 Bills. Go into Arrowhead to take on the 4-1 Chiefs. The game of the week right here. Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo. You know, they, I think they've got Kansas City's number. So, yeah. It's going to be close. I think Buffalo has enough. And defensively, they can stymie Patrick Mahomes. Your Sunday night special. The 4-1 Cowboys at the 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles. I'm just, I'm taking the Eagles only because they're healthy and they've got the better team. You know, team, if Dak was playing, I'd be, I'd probably take the Cowboys and take the Eagles. If Dak was playing, I would take the Eagles. But Dak's not playing. So I'm going to take the Cowboys and we're going to have a three-way at the top of the, of the NFC East. By nature of the tiebreaker, unfortunately, that means the Cowboys are in first. But the the Eagles were this close to losing last week. They were this close. This week, I think they play a better team, and the better team will find a way to close. And unfortunately, this is your Monday night delight. The two and three Broncos also go into SoFi to take on the three and two Los Angeles Chargers. Kill me now. Charges. Pretty easily, right? You, you'd have to think so. Think so. Yeah. It, it's, you know, even without Keenan Allen, like, they have they have to be able to beat this inept Broncos team. <laughs> they can't do anything. The Broncos can't run. They can't pass. What are they doing? What are we doing? Russ is out there cooking hot dogs and mac and cheese. Russ, Russ is cooking something. I, I don't know. The, the meat might be bad. But Russ is cooking something. Don't eat that. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. This has been the Fade Route with D&Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go, route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.